Welcome, time. <laughs> hey, how are you doing, Jerry? It's yummy time. I'm good. How are yeah. you, Will? You're all right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's I had some barbecue earlier today. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not that we need to make this whole thing about that, but it was yummy. Uh, plug the barbecue. Uh, Ragtop Ferns Barbecue. It's like this guy in L.A. who just has like a little pop-up. Uh, barbecue smoker, which is amazing. Yeah, it's on Instagram. You can find it. It's great. Yeah, yeah. He's very smart that he because he like sells out and yeah, you know, like in, within an hour uh, <laughs> every time. Yeah, oh, I mean, I man, feel like he should just get so more, creative. but either way, right? You know. <laughs> no, but then it's not as desirable. I guess that's true. Anyways, sorry Anyways, for detracting from today. I'm super excited. We have um, Steph Schlurf on the podcast. Uh, she was delightful and you dated her a I little did. bit uh, yeah. a couple years ago yeah so uh funnily enough we did date for a little bit yeah. uh and then years later um there's these algorithms on online dating apps sometimes on hinge specifically that'll be like hey we think you two would be super compatible right, right, right. you should meet yeah. and uh and it suggested that for uh, the two of us i didn't know uh, that yeah. it was that like yeah, yeah. specific oh, yeah that's it, it, it wasn't just, just like you run up. across it. it was like we think you guys should <laughs> should talk and uh so she like uh, hit me up and was like this is so funny and then we started talking again yeah uh, it was great to reconnect with her yeah um and And then then which is the first person we brought on that like one of us has dated. That's true. Which is cool. That is true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's like revolutionary. Look at Let's go back through that. Uh, yeah. Rolodex. <laughs> yeah. Um. All of our exes. Watch out. <laughs> Season two. <laughs> um, and so, so yeah, she like we started chatting, and I mentioned this podcast, and she listened, and she really liked it, and uh, was like, because who wouldn't? Of course. <laughs> uh, if you're listening, Humbly. you probably like it too. Um, <laughs> And so it was like, oh, do you have anything that you would be interested in talking about? And uh, I know that you guys connected. And yeah, she's amazing. Um, I've been we, a couple of weeks ago. We had Nate on who um, talked about his religious upbringing and sort of navigating that through sex and sexuality and like which was beautiful. And this is very interesting because she had sort of a similar upbringing, but couldn't quite fit into that, you know, heteronormative mode and um how you navigate like being in the church and having faith and also reconciling like your natural desires that you have and that you feel and that you you know want to embody and express yeah um as a heads up i am hearing it for the first time myself as i'm editing because i was not in the room during this one um and i'm and when i came back after like grabbing a coffee down the street uh seemed like both you and Steph were so like happy about how well it went yeah, and I because she was so lovely and I think some of the most powerful parts of doing this podcast is that some of these people are talking about their experiences for the first time in a public way and like letting more people in in this like broader form of media you know and so uh, just to be a part of that experience and to be with them for those moments is really powerful. And, and I feel like so moved and grateful to be able to be there through that, you know, and to be able to share it with other people and to show other people they're not alone and that other people are having these same experiences and that you're going to be okay. And there's others out there. Yeah. I was just thinking as you were saying that, not to like get too, uh, fluffy on it or anything, but I do think there's it's something to the idea. Fluffy, so fluffy. So fluffy. Uh, I do think there's something to the idea of like, oh, there's so many of these that have been recorded of everyone telling their own personal different type of story. I can fit in there too, um, yeah. telling mine, and it doesn't just because it feels so monumental to me. It fits in within this tapestry of 
sexuality that people are going through. Yeah, exactly. And that, I don't know, I think a lot of times, even before I started this, like I would be very open talking about sex to a certain extent, Mm -hmm. but just hearing other people's experiences or their desires or the crazy, weird, fucked up, awesome, unique things that come into their head, I'm like, oh, maybe the thoughts that in my arm in my head aren't that crazy or weird or i'm not you know i'm not this anomaly i just had this one feeling yeah Uh, exactly like i'm okay and i'm not i'm normal or whatever normal is you know like we're all normal yeah exactly like and so yeah it's just it was beautiful and i you guys are gonna freaking love her and you're probably gonna tear up because i did too enjoy I'm feeling yummy head to toe. You see me. Welcome to Finding My Yum. Uh, we have Steph Schlurf here today. Um, she works in tech, but I'm super excited to have you here. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so it's a little funny story of how you got here. Um, you and Will matched on a dating app like a couple years ago yeah okay and then like <laughs> mm-hmm. sort of went on a date or like dated for a little bit yeah and then reconnected on a dating app like more Again. recently right <laughs> yes isn't that funny yeah. it's like the circle of dating app LA life dating, yeah. <laughs> yeah no it's funny too because I remember like we we ended things well when we broke up it was like we had still, it was very casual. So like it wasn't anything, but I remember being sad and like, you know, yeah. thinking, okay, it's, a, it's not meant to be, but we still like stayed following each other on like social media, like sure. Instagram and stuff. And I would just see him from time to time and think like, Oh, like, cool. He's doing well, like whatever. And then I saw him on hinge, the uh-huh. dating app. And I was like, Oh my God. So I matched him and I just said like, Hey stranger. And, and then we just started talking again, but it was very like natural like it didn't feel like yeah. awkward to be like remember that time we dated yeah so um that was funny um and then he like casually mentioned that he was doing podcasts <laughs> and I was like what well, tell me more and yeah and then I yeah became a fan amazing mm-hmm. well I'm excited to have you here I love yeah I just love all the way that we've been able to have guests like I think it's yeah. so funny the city is very very small that's so um, true yeah, but I'm mostly excited here just to have you here today because of who you are and like what you're bringing because I've been talking to a lot of men who um, finally, which who are like um, bisexual and interested and pansexual and interested in mm-hmm. both genders or um, like all genders and expressions and sexuality. And um, I just had a friend on who spoke about their religious upbringing and, oh. and you bring both to the table. I do. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, I'd love to just launch right in. You're from the Inland Empire, you said, yes. in California. Yes, mm-hmm. I am. I grew up um, in a kind of a bubble. It was just like a sweet little town, but it also were known for um, like a maximum security prison on the other side of town. Cool. So it's kind of hilarious the because this thing to be known. Right. About. Like we're super I felt always felt so safe at home because I think because of my family, my, my mom and dad. But um, also knowing that like it was very casual to like play soccer next to a prison like wasn't a big deal. Yeah. Totally. Um, but yeah, I grew up there. I and when I got older, I just knew that I wanted to stay in California just based on like where my family was. And yeah. um, a lot of my family lives in the kind of L.A. area. So I went to college in L.A. and then I just never really left. It's been my home forever. And, you know, you always joke like I'm going to leave. I'm going to move like live somewhere else. But you don't do it unless you really do it. And I found like a place that I feel like is home now, um, which is on the west side. So I just I'm going to just kind of go with the flow until the, you know, 
I moved to live somewhere else. But for now, this is my home. I went to the University of Arizona. I'm from Tucson, Arizona. Okay. And um, so many people came from California. And I was like, what are you doing here? Right. Like every bone in my body like wants to leave and go to California. And I don't understand why you've electively chosen so, to come to Tucson. And it's so yeah. hot. Like the heat alone. I it's couldn't. so hot. And there's also like nothing to do. Like yeah. when you come from California and LA specifically, and there's always ample things to do all, yeah. every night and day. And like, there's so many different activities. And then you go to Tucson. I was like, what are you guys doing here? Yeah. No, I remember I visited a friend that lived in Arizona and we went to a Kesha concert and it was like amazing 10 o'clock at night. And it was like 99 degrees outside. Yeah. And I remember turning because we were just covered in glitter because it's a Kesha concert. Sure. Of course. And yeah, I remember turning to. to him. He's like one of my best friends. Hey, Shay. Um, <laughs> I said, Shout what are we? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, what are we doing to ourselves? Like, I love <laughs> Kesha. I like love that we're doing this. But why are we doing this mm-hmm. in 99 degree heat? Like we could literally be in L.A. It could be like 80 degrees and it would be significantly cooler because you yeah. have the beach you know the yeah anything but um but yeah so I I understand that I just LA is is now my home and I um I, I just can't imagine like going away to college I literally went like an hour and a half away like yeah. that was my going away to college totally and even San Francisco was too far like I had an <laughs> opportunity to go to San Francisco for college and I I thought you know what if something happens and I have to come home it would be so far away and yeah which is funny because also the ironic thing is as much as I loved being home I think it was only my family because they like I don't know we kind of touched on it like with the religion and um, uh-huh. my sexuality I felt like I had this like alter ego when I was home versus like being away at college even though I wasn't quite so far away sure um so it was interesting to like go home now and feel like I'm such, so much more open about who I am and yeah. and how I feel that I when I go home now, it still feels like a little different. Like I go home and kind of go back into the bubble. Um, yeah, I think that's how, I mean, I feel too. Like yeah. it, yeah, that idea of being home comes with a lot of baggage. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'd love to hear a little bit about um, what religion are you? Um, so I'm, I guess I'm spiritual. Like I don't okay. really like to put a label on it because I... I feel like there's a lot of weird negative connotations with certain things. Like if you say that you're one religion, it kind of just changes the perception of others. And um, I don't, I was raised Catholic. Right. I How grew up raised? in a yeah, Catholic household. My mom is a staunch Catholic, very, very into um, going to church every weekend. She would sing at all the masses. She still oh, does. Wow. And she's incredible. Um, and my dad, who was not religious, but was religious for my mom, because when they got married, she wanted to get married in the Catholic church. And um, they were together for the most of my childhood um, until I was about, well, I shouldn't say most, um, until I was about, I think, 10 years old. And then yeah. they split up. Um, and then it was easier for him. Like he would still respect my mom's wishes and take us to church and, and whatnot. But um, I remember always feeling like I like really like appreciated the tradition of the Catholic church was really beautiful. Um, but I always kind of tried to identify as something different because I didn't feel like I really fit in the Catholic church. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I kind of started to like explore my faith, I was looking into more Christian based churches. I loved the idea of like the praise and worship side of things. Mm -hmm. You'd go and you'd sit in a room and people would sing and like much like going to a concert. If you're not religious, the feeling I can explain it is when you go to a concert and you hear a song that you love and your whole body just feels like connected Mm -hmm. to the song that is how I always felt in church with like praise and worship music so I loved that but I always felt like I was putting on this kind of face of who I people expected me to be Mm -hmm. um you know I had a boyfriend in high school 
and we were like the perfect couple, but we weren't perfect. Like we had issues and sure. you know, um, I, it bothered me that he didn't have a job and then he got a job and then he met a girl at his job and cheated on <laughs> me with her. So it was like, oh, no. we weren't a good match, but I still felt yeah. like we needed to be that perfect couple. And yeah. so in that kind of theme, I also was hiding a lot about my own feelings and like I knew kind of going into church every Sunday that I was a little different, but I didn't quite understand why. Um, and I think a lot of that was due to just kind of the lack of the knowledge of what these different feelings were. Um, sure. You know, you're you're kind of raised to expect like the heteronormative lifestyle. And then when you start to have feelings that are different from that, it, it's scary. Yeah, um, absolutely. Also, this is like something to note is that I've, I only am out to like maybe a few people in my life. I'm not very openly out yeah. um, to like my family and people back home mm. because of the kind of fear of anything different from Norm and yeah, uh, me being afraid of their reaction to it. Yeah. Um, it's a scary thing to talk about, especially uh, when, I mean, I'd love to hear about like your sex education because mm-hmm. I also feel like if sex and sexuality and gender expression are not things that are, points of topics mm-hmm. at, in a family you know engagement of any sort or like didn't come up like yeah. that is difficult to then have that conversation later of just being like hey I, we don't talk about this but I yeah. need you to know you know I'm gonna put this on the table yeah. and then like you know you're like all right See now we happens. can move on with whatever yeah. but, how is this gonna land yeah um yeah well so it's so funny because when you say sex education I always think of this moment when I was in like fifth or sixth grade and we were sitting in the classroom and we had to watch a video about like your changing of your body yeah um and I remember being like okay this is all there is like I need to learn women you know you have a baby okay cool you get your period whatever like this is what sex education is um but then as I got older like I remember very vividly like my very first crush was in first grade on this boy um named Jonathan I won't say his full name just for um respecting his first Shout grade out privacy to Jonathan, though. <laughs> um he's still very cute by the way um he was like my very first crush my mom would even tease me like oh is that your boyfriend like I remember thinking that in first grade like he was just the best he was so sweet and just yeah. such a good good kid Um, but then I remember in sixth grade feeling the same feelings for another girl in my class and being like, oh, I think I just really want to be her friend and trying to justify Mm. it for so long. And then, um, because I didn't know, like, I don't, you don't know what it means to be anything other than what's expected of you when you're raised in this very like rigid religious yeah Mm -hmm. uh, kind of setup of, of this is you, you get married, you have kids, that's your life. And, um, I think when I got to high school, there was a girl who I was acquaintances with, like we weren't really friends, um, and she was very, very clearly gay. Like you could just tell she had this like way about her. She was very confident. She carried herself. She finally even admitted to people that she had a girlfriend, like, oh, she goes to another school. It was a big deal. And I remember thinking like, this girl is so badass, but being like so afraid to associate with her, Uh which is- Isn't that interesting? It's so tragic. And I think I had this fear- that if people saw me hanging out with her, they would question me. And I knew it was a secret, but if I didn't tell anybody or if I didn't say anything, people would never know. Mm. Um, and I also like to set the standard or set get, kind of clear the air. Like I'm not, I don't consider myself gay, but mm. I don't consider myself straight. Sure. Um, and I always feel like I'm almost a fraud when I'm explaining this to people because I'm not quite gay enough to be gay. I'm not a lesbian, but I'm not straight enough to be straight. I, I don't, I could imagine myself in a relationship with a woman. Yeah. And so there's this, this weird complexity to my feelings because my whole childhood, I thought, 
I have to prove myself one way or the other. And um, I remember I had this, um, I, it was this is before. You had that feeling when you were a kid growing up that you had to prove yourself and be in one category completely? Absolutely. Interesting. Yeah, but okay. I, it was always the straight category. It was okay. never the or, Of course, of course. Because yeah, if anyone knew, yeah, yeah, I would die. Like I, oh, the fear. Um, no, I, was, I remember I had this iPod touch because it was way before we had technology the way we do now. And um, nowadays I feel like kids can really use that, like, you know, that phone or whatever they have to kind of explore what they're looking for to understand how, what they're feeling. Yeah. Um, you can even get therapy online, which is amazing yeah, to me. Yeah. And um, text about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just like this incredible like change that the world has had. But back in, when I was, you know, 12 or 13, I was Googling like, what does it mean if you like girls sometimes, but mostly boys? I remember trying to like mm-hmm. even convince Google that I was like super straight and that there oh, wasn't, you know, yeah, and, that's powerful. Um, that's so out of curiosity, like what was, what did you think the consequence would be? Or like, what was the message or the fear on the other side? Um, that's such a good question. I think there were a lot of things. I, I remember thinking that I would lose like a lot of the love in my family, in my life, not my mm. family immediately. Like my mom and my dad, I think sure. I always knew that they would love me no matter what. I, I mean, I hoped I would hope. Right. Um, but I think I was worried that I would become that kid and then people would think of me as like that. I was already kind of feeling like the outsider, but it would confirm that I was the outsider. Um, and I was always such a bubbly kid. I was always such a happy kid because I had to kind of hide these feelings of this like self-doubt and like kind of almost a self-hatred because I was like, I suck. Like, why can't I just be one or the other? Yeah. Especially why can't I just be straight? Like, that would be the best. Like, I just want to find a guy, marry a guy, and then no one will know. Yeah. Um, but then as I got older, like I realized it wasn't just that. It would be like my family would not. I have, you know, I have an aunt who's a nun and I can tell, I know she loves me, but like a part of me thinks like if I were to say to her, like, I'm going to marry a woman, it would just change her whole perspective of me. And, um, we had a joke, there was a joke about, uh, the family party we went to recently where she said, you know, make sure, um, you're not giving the cow or don't give the milk away for free with the cow. Someone has to buy the cow kind of implying like you have to get married before you have sex, which totally respect. Anyone can have their own opinions about that. But I made the joke like, well, what if I want the milk? Like, I shouldn't have to buy the cow if I want the milk. Yeah. And the look on her face was just not what I anticipated. And I, I, I said, you know, it's feminism. And she kind of went, we need to talk later. And so I think she knows I'm kind of having this, like, epiphany as far as, like, what yeah, I'm discovering in myself. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think if I – I think I'm giving – too much credit to the idea of what I think would happen. I, I never absolutely you know. isn't that phenomenal how powerful our brains are. Yes. Like we create such intense stories. Yeah. I get wrapped up in that all the time. The consequences that I think are going to happen yeah. when I don't act on something are mm-hmm. far worse, and I get trapped in that. Yeah. You know, and then I do it. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I just tortured myself for weeks on end yeah. without. Yeah. Like even thinking about coming on, because this is technically like my public coming out, like this podcast. I'm really <laughs> excited to be a part of it. Thank you. Thank you, um, for, yeah. thank you for coming on and doing that. You know, it's, I've had actually a couple of people who this has been the first time that they've spoken so openly. Yeah. And I think that I think that's so freaking beautiful. And yeah. I just like, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> like I do. I have infinite gratitude because I think like these are the stories people need to hear. And, and, and these, this is the truth. Like, 
a lot of people are questioning their sexuality and are Absolutely. uncomfortable facing that that moment or or those thoughts and feelings and like we get really concerned and, and freaked out that like our feelings are forever yeah. and that they're these really powerful things you know and I think the more that you hear that there are other people who are in your boat the more that you feel like not alone yeah and that's, important. that's yeah and that's really beautiful because you think about the fact that you're you know going through life and you come into life alone you leave you know leave this world alone yeah. but that's not true in the way that you can choose to live like a lot of my no. friends um that you know are out and openly gay are very you know proud and their families came around or didn't but either way like they've kind of created their own family in the world that they live in currently so like in Los Angeles you know it's a lot easier to kind of be more open totally. and comfortable absolutely and, we are um we are in a a, a really um gracious environment that yeah. allows for a lot of yeah so it's it's great because it's you kind of create your own family if the people that you are related to by blood aren't very accepting. But I always felt like I could never, even if I was out and open and everyone hated me, I would still feel so bummed that I was like missing out on the opportunity to have my family in my life because, you know, my mom is a huge family. She's one of 16 children. Whoa. Yeah. Like a Whoa. huge family. <laughs> um, and I always wanted a really big family. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's great in theory. Um, I think if you ask every one of our siblings, I'll give you a different story of like why it was sure. good and why it wasn't. But, um, they all have, we have these family parties. One of my aunts is kind of like taken over as in the matriarch kind of a uh, step stone sure. because my grandma passed away when, yeah. when I was a child or really like a baby I was 10 months old um and I go to her house for like a lot of events and she's kind of mm -hmm. you know given this huge family party and I remember very vividly as a maybe like a high schooler I think I was like 14 or 15 we we're at some family party and I remember looking around and seeing everything and thinking to myself like this is what I will lose if I decide to just talk about the fact that I'm feeling this way oh. and it was really hard oh, that's so severe that's terrifying it's tragic like how yeah. should like no one should ever feel like their love and their family is conditional you know and absolutely. I got sorry um no yeah, absolutely. it's like really raw to like realize that and think like there are people in my family that love me so much and yet mm. they potentially could just turn their back if they knew that I was even attracted to a woman and it was so tragic and um there were some people that I couldn't hide it from because I knew that if I was not honest with myself and with them I would be constantly feeling the fraud yeah. and the funny thing is I have a I have a cousin who um asked my sister you know how come Steph never dates women openly if she's saying she's bi and um part of it was this kind of fear that if I you know told people it would be one thing right thank you um it would be one thing to tell people like yeah I'm I'm bi and then they react away but um everyone can say that they're okay with it until you bring someone to a family party or something sure and then suddenly That's it's a real different type of yeah. it's a different type of acceptance mm -hmm. it's you know it's a different process and so part of me thought okay well I can say it but then I never have to really prove it because if I do end up dating a woman everyone's going to turn their back on me anyway so it'll be fine and I had to go through this process of like justifying these feelings yeah. and then feeling terrible because you know I have a godson um and I love him so much yeah. but his family's very religious and I could think like I didn't ever wanted to jeopardize the relationship I have with him because my happiness you know is conditional and I could date someone else I could move on I could find someone else but then I knew like if I had found my person because my ultimate goal in life I think everyone's ultimate goal yeah. is to find their person you know yeah 
And um, so do you believe partnership, regardless of the gender, you're looking for the person and you want to have like a, like a monogamous marriage relationship? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I think I remember being as a kid, like watching all these movies of like finding, you know, um, your your partner like the like right? romantic comedies no all absolutely that, you know, yeah I re- I um, grew up with those too yeah. and they like when we were growing up they were very heteronormative absolutely. like there was no other option yeah. there was like maybe the one token gay person or oh, yeah. the person the token person of color right yeah like, like that's was, sort of how they were operating it was all white ugh. people who were heteronormative yeah and then it was yeah the like other like um my best friend's wedding i love that movie oh and my even God. to this day it's like I one of my love that favorite movie. movies but um oh uh, you're the I, pot the scum on the whatever the algae yeah. i don't even know i'm butchering the um, line but we can go back and google it later yeah so, no. um the end i remember watching that movie and loving it and thinking like i was so bummed that julia roberts didn't get the guy at the end yeah. but thinking that cameron diaz had never really done anything wrong and that she kind of deserved happiness too. And so as I got older, I started to understand that. But the part that always stuck with me was her best friend in that movie is a gay man. But it's never explicitly like they don't mm-hmm. say like this is my gay friend like Rupert, he's just kind of yeah, yeah he yeah. has this t- way about him he acts yep. in a very like flamboyant way and yep. then at the end of the movie um, there's this part where she's remember she's at the wedding and she's sitting and eating cake and he calls her and she's mm-hmm. got her old school flip phone and yeah um, <laughs> she answers it and he says you know I see I see you from or a man sees you from the costume and picks you up and gets you to dance or whatever and she's like what and he's there and he comes yeah. in and kind of like saves her yeah. and so it was weird because I remember as a kid thinking like oh well they're gonna date now because that was how I was conditioned right? totally and it never even occurred to me until I think I was in high school when I rewatched it with one of my girlfriends and she's like oh my god that's so funny that he has like girlfriend meaning like a friend yeah um it's so funny that she has a gay friend who like swooped in and, and saved the day and I was like oh my god I'm so stupid like it was like I forgot that he was gay and that was just gonna not matter anymore and that mm-hmm. she was gonna have a person and so I realized my idea of like a person is love from any person yeah. um not to say that I'm like sexually attracted to everybody obviously sure. like you know you go through I went on a date with a girl I met online you did? I did because I finally just accepted that I needed was the to first try. one the first official one, yeah. Is this recently? Mm, this is like a year-ish ago. Oh, my yeah. God. Um, That's huge. I know. <laughs> it's a big deal. And she was very sweet. And I think we got along. We had great chemistry. Yeah. And, um, but I went w- with this idea of like, I got to do this for myself. Like I, I, and I even told her, I said, you know, this is my kind of situation. And she was like, well, I'm, I'm gay, but I'm not really out to my family. This is kind of like my oh, first time. And she was very sweet. Cool. But instantly I thought, oh, this is like she's a great friend and I could feel it and I got so mad at myself because I thought okay I finally have a chance to like date a girl and I'm like friend zoning her and I didn't know if it was like my insecurity or if I just genuinely thought she'd be a good friend um but I texted her and I said look I'm this is how I feel I'm sorry and just kind of ended it and I think she she was surprised because we had a great time but um it wasn't the chemistry was very friendly. Yeah. Um, so she even asked, like, would I do anything wrong? And I told her, like, I'm sorry. It's just I'm dealing with a lot of my own shit. But also, oh, are we allowed to curse on this? Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I just said, you know, you're great. Um, there's nothing wrong with you. It's it's it's, the, it's not you. It's me kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's a journey. But it's, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. I'm figuring it out. And then yeah. I remember being so mad at myself. I actually posted about this on, I'm really um, active in the bisexual subreddit of, of Reddit. Oh, um, cool. Because I feel like those people. I have people, some friends that are Reddit. There's yeah. like, a, a te- like a Reddit person. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a Reddit like, person, but I understand. <laughs> yeah, like some people are just like 
not into it. I I remember I had an ex-boyfriend in uh, college who showed it to me and I was like, this is the dumbest thing ever. And then I loved it. And I like yeah. have the app on my phone. I, I, I check it often. And because I like the there's a news aspect of it, too. So it's kind of like yeah. a a worldly app I just check in um but there was this I found the bisexual subreddit and I remember thinking like okay I'm gonna like learn because I again I told you like as a kid I didn't really know anything meant I just kind of knew that I was like weird I wasn't yeah so let's can I put a little pin in that for a second because I'd like to circle back around to the sex education so you got like an anatomical yeah to to some degree yeah I understood um, that women had periods and boys get erections. And then it was like a video they put on for all of us. And like sitting there looking around at my classmates and being like, this is so awkward. Okay. And And like a sperm, it fertilizes an egg and that's how a baby's made. And like, okay. Yeah. Uh, Did they talk about like, I guess I'm actually not as familiar because I know that there are more progressive churches, but Catholic, I mean, was there an explicit women and men are together and that's what it is supposed to be like was that explicitly said or was that Um, like a predominant hmm. message that was given yeah I think just the impression like you go to church every Sunday you'd see families you'd see the mom the dad the kids okay um I don't even think I knew like there wasn't even space for anything else no and I I don't think it was intended to be exclusive I think it was mainly mainly just the people that went to that church were that way yeah because I never remember seeing people be you know homophobic at least as a kid sure but interestingly as I got older I remember one I had there were a couple people I knew from church who kind of stopped going and I never really Ah, asked why and then I find out one of them is actually transgender and um, he now goes to a Christian church in LA because he found a church that he felt was more quote-unquote accepting and obviously there are a lot of qualms that a lot of you know anger towards the way that the catholic church has has looked at and kind of accepted the gay community because there hasn't been a lot of acceptance and i think even recently the pope has kind of made some strides to kind of move towards understanding that like you can be a religious person who's also gay or have these you know kind of open ideals of sexuality but i you know my upbringing my family everyone is very like this is black and white you are a catholic and you follow these rules there are these traditions it's very much an understanding of this is the way we do things did you have uh, like in terms of sexual exploration even Mm -hmm. with men when you were growing up then was that like what were you of the mindset of I'm going to wait until marriage was that like a big thing in your house yeah I okay. even had a promise ring uh, with my boyfriend oh in high wow school. <laughs> okay yeah, um, yeah, yeah yeah I think it was so funny because I remember there was a lot of shame when it came to thinking about sexuality outside of marriage like any sexual activity outside of marriage was not okay um right I had did you talk about sex with your parents so yes and no. Okay. Um, my dad kind of, we had a little awkward conversation once because I remember my boyfriend and I, we were very adamant that everyone knew that we were waiting to have sex till marriage. Okay. It was like a big thing we had. He gave me a promise ring with my um, gemstone in it. Like oh. we were very much, we dated for a year and a half, but I thought I was going to marry that guy. Like yeah. it felt very right to yeah, me, but again, it was the thing. You, it, you were doing the thing. Right. And it also felt like I, you know, loved him, but there was like this part of me I hadn't explored yet. And I had this secret and I was afraid you know, I that I think that held me back, but we can talk about that in a second. Yeah. Um, so I had this promise ring, and it was this idea that we weren't doing anything sexual. But my dad did you came, not do anything sexual? Um, I'm gonna plead the fifth on okay. that. <laughs> um, totally, just you in case totally anyone of my parents yeah, yeah, yeah. listen to this. Um, sorry, mom and dad. No, but I did respect the boundaries that my okay. parents said because I knew that 
if I set a bad example for my siblings or if I did, you know, if I pushed the envelope for them with this, maybe they would pull back on other things. Mm. And I didn't think it was worth it to me to risk messing up my relationship with my parents by like getting caught having sex in my bedroom. Sure. Um, and it wasn't important to me. Sex was never really important to me the way it was to other people. And that was also why I felt like I was broken, like mentally. I remember thinking um, that there was a lot of shame around sex. If you had it before you were married, like there were people in my family who had had babies out of wedlock and you just didn't, we didn't talk about it. Like these people were my family and it was just a thing you just don't talk about. And it just made no sense to me. It was, a, they made a beautiful baby, like just let it go. But that was how they were raised. That was their understanding of religion. And, and you know, my dad's side of the family was a lot smaller. So I was very much thrust into my mom's side of the family. Growing up, it was always about them um, and kind of seeing them at family Christmases and yeah. things like that, um, which I don't I'm not upset about. I love I love the way I was raised yeah. and the people that I had. But I think I just didn't feel like I had an outlet to talk about my true feelings until I felt comfortable enough to bring them to people like my mom. I think if I had gone to her at 12 or 13 and said, I think I might be gay, she would have been like, okay, let's talk about it. Mm. Um, but I was too, I couldn't even say the words. Yeah. I didn't even come out openly until I was 25. And I did not tell my mom until I was 25. And I'm, I'm 29, I'll be 30 in February. And it was crazy to me to think that I had these feelings for the majority of my life, yeah. but I could never explain them. But um, when did you have find the term because you said like you didn't quite feel like you were gay or straight. Yeah. So when did you when did you become aware of a term bisexual or otherwise that really like encapsulated your sexuality yeah. or you felt more was like where you identified? I think I don't know, because I remember thinking hearing someone say uh, okay, well, so the earliest memory I have of someone saying the word bisexual, which is so weird to me because I know I heard it before this, but this is just like my memory yeah. that sticks with me. Um, I went to this club and we were dancing and it was like a gay club. So there are all these men on the floor and it was like the thing to do in college. All these like, you know, super heteronormative girls would go to these bars and just dance with these gay men yeah. because it was a safety thing. Yeah, like, of course. you know, and, and most of the time they were okay with it. I think I went to a couple other like main bars that were very like this is a gay bar like mm -hmm. you don't need to be here but they were really open especially like LA area and I remember dancing with this guy and we were having so much fun and I turned around and I was like I love you like you're so fun and he was like well actually like I'm bi oh. and I went excuse me and he was like oh I'm bisexual like I think you're really cute and I was like I, was, I remember being like what the fuck like who is this I, you're no like and I I like felt like this weird like who who are you like I don't even know you anymore and it like changed so then I went home and I thought about it a lot and I remember thinking like that's a thing people can be and like was that me and I didn't associate myself with the word I didn't understand it I remember like I researched How it how old were you I think I was like eight, 19 18 oh, okay. 19 mm -hmm. I couldn't drink yet so we were going to clubs we weren't going to bars sure um and I was never really like a big partier before that I never drank in high school I was yeah. like that I was literally like the Mary Sue of my high school like me I too. was like proud of the fact I wasn't having sex with my boyfriend and like everyone should be like inspired by me oh yeah okay we we definitely made out and um we got it was very hard for us to not <laughs> it was very hard for us to not have sex if you yeah. put it that way um and his mom was the same way as my parents like you know door open but she also trusted us so like if we went out we were like out to dinner she wasn't like checking in on us she sure. like knew we could you know I remember one time we were at a park near my house and this cop knocked on the window because we were just sitting and talking but it was yeah. like warm so the windows had gotten a little <laughs> foggy and he rolled down the window and, and um Stephen was my boyfriend at the time said to the cop like we weren't doing anything she's a promise ring 
and he oh was like gosh. he was like i was like okay, okay well you can't loiter in this park so you have to go <laughs> doesn't um, matter <laughs> yeah so i just like had this understanding of like who i was as like this like you know perfect virginal person and then i think i That's got so funny i didn't so i'm jewish mm-hmm. but i I was that way yeah. and I didn't even have like a boyfriend or relationships because like every guy that I sort of liked, I would immediately be like, no, you're not. I don't like you. You don't yeah. fall like within these standards <laughs> that I have. But have I thought, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. And yeah. then it got like longer and more <laughs> intense like as I got older. And then finally I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> but I felt very similarly because mm-hmm. of like the media that I had seen and sort of my conception of how my mom was and like how she moved through the world and I was like oh I have to be like this perfect sort of person and I think a lot of that was like my interpretation I don't necessarily think that that was her like I think she was doing her best to sort of protect me from the world but um yeah I I wonder because like I I think I've had to go through a ton of just reevaluating I think a lot of us especially I would argue that like religion sort of severs your body from your head and like we're all mm. sort of walking around this is a generalization but a lot of people <laughs> are walking around as like just floating heads yeah um and i and so is there like have you had a process of like when you realized the term bisexual and that maybe that was something that did fit you like has there been like a coming into your body because i imagine like holding yourself back from having sex with a boy in high school Mm -hmm. and you know I don't having sex or not in high school I think can be good or bad for whoever and whatever works absolutely I didn't have sex until 23 but um like has there been because now you're settling sort of into who you are like a Mm -hmm. like a an appreciation for everything that sort of your body is telling you and like that there's because there's so much going on all the time that we ignore yeah I think it's so hard I just I remember thinking I needed like sexuality and sex and everything was something almost not the enemy but almost something you just didn't really address and I I think it was mainly because I knew I was not married so it wasn't something I needed to really discover or explore because I was not going to be married until I was older and um, it was never a thing for me like I remember um, there was this girl in my high school who was talking about um, this is gonna get real dirty but she's talking about what like cum tastes like and I was like what what is that like I didn't understand <laughs> I love that that's real dirty I was no I was like <laughs> she was like spectrum of 16 topics we've had on this we were podcast. babies yeah. um no yeah and it was I remember like sitting I was such a like oh my god I was like so not in that realm of thought like sure. she was out like going to parties and drinking and and that and that was her thing I'm not trying to say that totally. I was judging her I mean maybe at the time I was because I was a little asshole but yeah um I remember thinking like I didn't even know what that word meant I I would go home someone would say something at school about something and I would my thing was to go home and google it like what does this oh mean gosh, or I'd like write things too. down right <laughs> because yeah. to me it was about education like I want to learn about things and know so the next time that comes up I can be like I know what that is and yeah. like explain I'm it cool. um, yeah. and it was a, a lot of times it was you know things that people would say in in class but most of the time it was um you know educational related other times it was sex related yeah I'm "I'm gonna figure this out um and I think I remember like shutting down that side of me very early on Mm. mainly because I didn't want to accept my feelings towards that girl I had a crush on in sixth grade um or anything and I remember in high school I was like almost afraid to make new friends because I was afraid I would feel that way again like what if I met a girl and yeah 
because I went to an all girls oh, Catholic so high school. Sad. Like, and it was so yeah. it was scary. That is scary. Um, but I also remember thinking like I needed to understand it for other people's sake. Because if someone, you know, if a friend came to me and said I'm feeling this way or maybe I'm pregnant or what if I didn't understand how that felt and I needed to like talk it out and um, so well, I that's just an interesting lens though. Yeah. Like that's a cool sort of protective way of being like, but yeah, but I got an I got to know about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so that other I can support other people. Right. Mm-hmm. But I also felt like I needed the, in this weird way I had to kind of choose between like exploring discovering my sexuality overall not just in, in a straight or gay way yeah but also you know to understand sexuality um outside of church because at church you didn't talk about that you don't talk about sex when you talk about god it's not something you can really understand and um as i you know yeah i have a question about that so okay. when if sex is brought up is it brought up then in terms of marriage and between a union of two people, almost all the time, yes. Okay, so that's that was the, the norm because you were having you can... sex to make a baby. That was that was it. There yeah. wasn't any sex for pleasure. There wasn't no. any. Uh-huh. And I even remember thinking, like, uh, as my one of my cousins was getting married. I think I was like ten or eleven. And she was like, you know, she was so giddy because she was so excited to be married. And one of my other cousins had made a joke like, you know, because oh, you guys are just getting married, so you can have sex. And I remember thinking like, well, isn't that what people do? Like, that's not a joke. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, but it was so funny because I, I had to kind of I think I just consciously made the choice. I'm separating religion and sex. You can either be this person or you can be the religious person mm-hmm. you've always been. And a lot of times, like especially in college, I just shut down. I didn't go to church anymore. I stopped talking about God um, because I remember like trying to join like we had these things called CLC groups, um, which were like these like kind of like small um, circles where you could just talk about your faith. Oh, um, and okay. everyone that I knew was in one because I went to a Catholic uh, college. So it was oh, like a big wow, deal. Oh, yeah. I stayed in down. Yeah. Christian school for most <laughs> of my life, um, starting in from seventh grade to college. Yeah. Um, and I remember thinking I'm going to try to join and like looking for an excuse to be like, oh, this isn't for me. And it, they were like, we don't have one open. You're just going to have to wait a couple weeks and we'll call you. And they never called me. So I was like, well, that's God's way of saying I'm, I don't fit. You know, and I was I constantly felt like I was being punished. You know, God is punishing me because of this or that or whatever. Or like I even like the idea of like masturbation was like something you didn't do. Yeah. Like you just don't talk about it. You it's that that's that. And I also felt that way. I did yeah. it. And then I had all this shame around it. Yes. Yeah. Because like, I was like I, a super sexual kid. But yeah. I didn't like. Yeah. But I was Aww. like. Oh, yeah. But I was like. Oh, this is bad. I'm not supposed to be doing this. Right. Like, I'm not supposed to. And it's I don't actually even know where I got that from. Which is interesting because I didn't have like a, uh, yeah, I don't know where that message was from, but I've had so much shame around masturbation. I I think Mm -hmm. it's almost like instilled, I I don't know, I don't want to say this is like a sexist thing, but I think that it's almost instilled in women not to do it because even in- pleasure is not important. Not acceptable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even in like movies, you'd see guys like masturbating as a joke and they get caught and it was funny, but it was like, that's okay that they're doing that because they're teenage boys. But if it was a girl, it was like a whole different thing. And so I think at that point when I got, I think I was maybe like 15 or 16 and I, I was like in the youth group and I was really involved but I always felt like I was a fraud and um, by the time I was 18 I went to college and then I just stopped going to church because I felt like I had to choose like God would not love me as this person who was exploring her sexuality with men or women Mm. I had to understand that you know I needed to choose and so I chose to be do what made me happy because I didn't want to think that there was a man in the sky being like you're 
a fuck up and you, you know, you're a failure. I just shut that part of me down. And the weird thing is, is like, I have, I have so many amazing conversations with my mom. My mom is an incredible person. She's very Catholic, very just so strong in her faith, but she never ever, Oh God, I'm going to get emotional again. Um, Mm. She never ever made me feel like I was a failure in any capacity. So when I told her, you know, we were sitting in my, my childhood bedroom and we told her, you know, I think, I think I might have some feelings that aren't straight. And she, I remember her looking at me and being like, that's it. Like, that's what's been holding you back all these years. Aww. Like, don't let that be the thing that stops you. Like, I love you. And, and I thought to myself, okay, well, if my mom can love me, like God should love me. Like, yeah. come on, you know, like how can, how can this person who created me, you know, make me feel guilty for things I can't control? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I could, you know, I could shut up. I could stop talking about it. I could keep it all inside forever you know there are you hear these stories of people who you know were in the 60s and the 70s who got married because that's what they had to do and then now they're these you know 70 year old men or women who just never explored that side of them because that's the whole plot of grace and frankie yeah exactly (laughs) so i think once i got older and my mom had my back and loved me she said i love you no matter what and i and i remember thinking like i was so scared of the backlash on her that's like Oh my God. I know how I had a conversation with her yesterday. I told her about the podcast. I kind of warned her because I, (laughs) I didn't want it. If this is going to be on, you know, social media, someone's going to see it. Someone's bound to see it. And someone's bound to say something to her, like to the, you know, effect of, Oh, you know, your daughter, you did this or, you know, your daughter's a screw up. And, She's never made me feel that way, but I know that other people will try to make her feel that way so that she wouldn't in turn make me feel bad, but she won't because she's her own person and she, she knows how God works. And that was always my fear is that if I came out and then God hated me, everyone else would have an excuse to hate me too. And that like, you know, that I, they call it the Catholic guilt when it comes to like sex and stuff, but I felt it (laughs) even in like Christianity. Like I remember trying to find Christian churches in LA just in general to find something where I fit because I would go, I found one in particular, it's a really big, well-known church. A lot of people on Instagram go there. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to name it for that reason, but I remember being there and just, I had like this breakdown one night because I was just feeling like so sad and just like lost and I lost my job and I was just like in a really tough place and they were so kind to me. And I was like, wow, this is what I've been looking for. But then I remember the same pastor a couple weeks later bringing up the fact that I was bisexual. And I was like, I love that this church is so accepting of everybody. And it was like a door slammed in my face. Like he just stopped being receptive. I would go, I I saw him again, like a couple Sundays later. And he just totally just like, he nodded at me and walked away. Whereas, you know, two weeks prior, he'd come up to me and give me a hug and how are you Steph? And so I was like, Oh, I see this is a facade. Like even the people who are accepting aren't. And it broke my heart and I just stopped going. And again, I felt again, as an adult, I had to choose God or, you know, being myself. And, And the craziest thing is that I know now that like if I date, I could go outside, I could meet someone on the street as I'm leaving this podcast and it could be my person and it could be a man and I could marry and have a, you know, a very standard straight relationship and that would be that. But I also know that I would always think to myself, like, what if there's someone in my family? What if there's someone that is going to hear this? And they need to know that, like, they have to be honest about it. Because if you don't accept that side of you, there's always going to be a part of you that just, like, hates yourself. Yeah. And that sucks. Like, you should never feel that way. No. So that was, like, my thought. I knew coming into this that, like, I'm going to have a lot of people. Like, my family's big and we're all on social media. People are going to know now. It's not going to be my secret. It was, for so many years, it was my deepest, darkest secret. 
that like there was a chance I could like girls too and it scared the shit out of me and I remember hiding it in my iPod touch I would clear my my history anything I googled about it I would clear my history um you know just making sure that if someone saw it they would think I was just this wholesome person that I pretended to be and now I think if I could just be like I don't know I want to say like a beacon of light but like just be like an influence for someone who's like I I'm just going to, you know, if I'm bi, but I'm just going to date a man, no one will ever know. Or if I'm bi and I just date a woman, no one will ever know. And I I listened to one of the podcasts you had with one of the guys that is yeah. bisexual because I just was like driving and I thought, oh, I can finally like, you know, get yeah. catch up on my podcast. And the confidence he had and how he spoke. Mm. I remember thinking like, oh, I, I could have half of that. Like I'm going to just go on this podcast and, you know, be emotional and talk about how hard it was for me. But also now I'm almost 30. I'm so confident and happy and I like love who I've become. And I know that God loves who I've become. And I know. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Have you found a way to incorporate God back into your life in a way that feels loving and supportive? Definitely. I, I don't go to church enough I think I do need to I think the excuse I use I, I use my work as an excuse for everything mm-hmm. I, I I don't date because oh, yeah. I travel a lot yeah exactly yeah. um I you know my family oh do you have a boyfriend I'm like oh no I'm just traveling so much for work right now but really it's just like I don't want to think about it yeah. but I use that for other things like I don't go to the gym as much as I used to because sure. I travel and I um I don't go to church every Sunday because often I will be at you know a, a, a a sports arena doing live support that day. Sure. And so it's so easy to find excuses. And I think that, you know, I have a cousin of mine on my dad's side who just recently, you know, discovered her faith. She wasn't raised Christian, but she just kind of started asking questions and yeah. finding the answer she wanted. Yeah. And I love that she's like been so inclusive of me and she like invited me to her church and she knows like, it's not a secret. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not the bi- weird by cousin. Like I'm just her cousin coming with her to church and that like is what I've needed. Like yeah. that is so incredible. So to have that from one side, I'm like, okay, one down, like one to go, you know? Yeah. Um, and I still, I talk to God a lot. You do. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's so funny. People think of prayer as like this weird, like thing you do and only in church. And, but like, I'll be in my car and I'll just be like, okay, God, like today I need this day to go well. Like, I know I, I always ask a lot of you, but like, please let mm-hmm. this go well. Like God, please let everything I'm doing, you know, be for something good like let let everything I do in this world benefit someone in some way and um and I'm focusing on you know verbalizing a lot of my feelings now because I for so long never said anything ah wow how that's so powerful yeah you can talk and that you've allowed not say anything like you you can you've allowed space for a God who can listen and accept that part and all of those feelings and like the wholeness of you, which is like always what sort of baffled me about religion. Like the, the organized state of it seems so controlling and so an exclusive and exclusive Mm -hmm. and, and really like based on a lot of shame and not allowing people to fully like experience who they are because Fully mm-hmm. experiencing who you are and your sexuality is so fucking powerful. Absolutely. And that's scary. It changes people. It does. It really and does. The part of the whole, like, if you think about going back years and years and years, part of the reason Christianity has gotten kind of this bad rap is for this idea of being like, you know, Jesus had this incredible message of love and acceptance and people have kind of shifted that now to be like well I accept you and Jesus loves you but this is all stuff you've done wrong and yada yada and um my favorite thing ever I I became a bachelorette fan recently and um (laughs) Hannah B made a comment she said you know I've had sex and Jesus still loves me and I remember being like thank fucking thank you like I love this because now 
you know, people are realizing like there is this, you don't have to choose. Like you can't just, yeah. you know, give up sexuality completely because you think Jesus is going to hate you. Like that yeah. is insane to me. It's insane. And people, ah. you know, young people need to know that. Like I, w- what if you did have sex? Do you feel like you can't go to church? Like, no, like you should still be able to go to church. Part of the whole concept of Christianity is this idea of sin and asking for forgiveness. Right. So like, especially Catholicism. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so if, if you aren't feeling like you're even worthy of forgiveness and you're being taught the wrong way because the whole point is that like God and Jesus and everything we're about forgiveness and love and respect and mm-hmm. so when you have this in this indoctrinated idea of like you are a failure you don't belong you're different yeah. it's killer and it's not just Christianity no. I mean, you oh know, my gosh all no. religions have yeah. this kind of secret shame side of yeah. like oh well we don't love you and well it's funny because like as a Jew like we wrote we wrote the original book right but sometimes I forget that like I remember like Mm -hmm. growing up and being getting really upset about like Adam and Eve and 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 then realizing later like oh that's my book like that's the thing that we did and we started you know and like the reason that Jesus Christ came around and was a Jew and was so popular Mm -hmm. was because he was talking about benevolent God and not a God that was punitive and punishing and wanting to you know wreak havoc so exactly yeah but I I yeah yeah you're lovely thank you this has been so wonderful thank you so much much for sharing so vulnerable yeah it felt very much like therapy in a way um I'm a big advocate for therapy I'm gonna throw that oh yeah me too man it's so important and I kind of just want to like if we wrap up things with this note of I've never wanted to shame the Catholic church or anything because I was always raised with this constant feeling of love. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the rejection and hatred that I had was in very internalized. Like I felt it in my heart. Like this is me thinking people will think a certain way about me. And, um, I've learned a lot and I've grown up a lot and realized that, you know, part of the growing experience is realizing you just need to educate yourself. So like learning about the Catholic church in a way as an adult is very different than being kind of taught as a kid because you understand things in a different way. And part of my, process on this podcast is saying like I don't think that because I was raised Catholic I had all this shame I think a lot of it was just me being afraid and a fear that I had in myself and I I will blame people who act in a shitty way like if this sure. comes out and I have a family member who comes up to me and says I don't you I see you in a different way I'll say that's your problem not mine and I love everyone the same way I have since I was a kid I'm yeah. still the same person yeah. so this news to people is not a big shocking moment and that was what you know it took me a while to get there but yeah. that's what I wanted this podcast to be a part it also of doesn't my change platform who you are like yeah you're still the same person exactly which yeah. has been like a big theme on this podcast even for my exploration of deciding like oh, because I did this thing, does that mean that I'm totally different? Or like, yes. I should think of myself as like, I'm still the same person. Yes. Um, and this is incredible that you're doing this because this is opening up a dialogue for people who don't know how to talk about their feelings. Yeah. So that's why I'm a really big fan of the podcast. Uh, thanks. thanks. Thanks for letting me be a part of yeah, it. It makes my you, heart happy. Thank you for being here. Yay. Um, yay. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Uh, I, yeah, I bet so. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a terrible scale that I just did. It wasn't a I great was like, one. You gotta go down. Yeah, I do like that you're trying to switch it up. I think that's important. <laughs> we're almost on episode 30. Uh, oh my God, are we really? Yeah, almost. I think Guys, we're soaring. 20, this How, is probably this 28 is or 29. Yeah. We have a lot. So if you haven't been listening and you're just tuning in, catch up. Yeah. We've got so many different people and experiences and journeys and sex and love and religion for you so yeah. 
Go so back. go back to the archives uh, yeah. and then reach out to us and tell us how you uh, liked certain episodes. You can do that yeah, we want through feedback. Finding My Yum Podcast on Facebook or Instagram. Yes, you at Finding My Yum Podcast. You can email us at findingmyyum at gmail.com. Yes. Uh, reach out if you want to be a guest or if you know someone that might, um, but also probably check with them before. Uh, <laughs> that would be important. Or just offer them up. Yeah, you know. I'm nice. <laughs> Persistent. Yeah. But nice. Uh, persistent is correct. Um, yes. And then please subscribe, rate us, give us a five star, um, put a review up there. It really helps for traffic and getting people like to see our content. Um, and stay yummy, everybody. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>